We are getting in the Wayback Machine today at the Radio Backyard Fence, and we are going to go back to 2009, just a year and a half or so into the life of this program. We were just figuring out what we were doing, who we were, getting our legs underneath us. You're going to hear a difference in my voice from today and way back there. I'm not sure if it's the recording or the change in how I sound. We were broadcasting from a makeshift studio in a rental house. We had three bedrooms. There were nine of us, as I recall. (laughs) But you know what? Good things can happen in hard times. And you're going to hear about the best Christmas ever. If you're going through a hard Christmas this year, a forgettable Christmas, I want you to hear today's conversation. Don't call us. We're not live, but you can go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org. Let me thank the people that uh, helped this program run. Ryan McConaughey doing all things technical. Trisha is our producer. Nobody answering the phones today. Again, don't call us. And let me thank you for your support of this program. Every December, I wonder, how are we going to make our goal? by the end of the calendar year. The fiscal year ends in uh, June, so it's the beginning of July is the start of a new fiscal year. The calendar end is really important to ministries like this one because a lot of people are so generous and reach out with a gift in December, and for that we are really, really grateful. And I want to encourage you to do that today if you can. And if you can't, I want to talk to you too. Don't let the enemy accuse you and keep you away from the good things that we have for you here at the back fence. If you cannot give, I have enough faith to believe that somebody else can in your stead and help us keep the squirrels running in the cage that powers the engine (laughs) of the radio backyard fence. So thank you. If you can give in December, a story from my heart to yours is our gift. It's titled Saving Grace, and you've heard me talk about this It's about a man who has Alzheimer's. He's trying to unravel the mystery of his life before his memories fade. I'd love to send it to you. I think it'll encourage you. It's a mystery, but it's also a love story. Let me send you Saving Grayson. Call 866-95-FABRY, 866-953-2279, or go to ChrisFabryLive.org. You can do that on the website, ChrisFabryLive.org. This program originally aired on Christmas Eve 2009, so you're going to hear references to Christmas Eve or Christmas Eve Eve because we re-aired it the next year. An old friend came to the studio the other day, Eric Hufford. I call him Huffington Hufford. He was our very first engineer, so when we re-aired a program, he would play a rewind sounder that signaled our journey into the past. (laughs) So I'm going to let you hear that. As it was presented many moons ago, hit the Wayback button, Eric. I have to tell you a little inside story that happened the other day. This was, I think it was when we had Robert Rand on, who had been in gangs and then um, got went to, was sent to prison for attempted murder got out of there, and uh, he had become a believer, and his life has just turned around. In the middle of that, I think it was the second segment of the program, and this doesn't happen at the Cactus Compounded Detox Center. It's the first time it's happened. The door opened to our International Broadcast Center, which is in my house. Some of you know I do this program from my home. 
the door opened and I looked and it was our eight-year-old Brandon. And he was coming around the sound baffling that I have up to keep my voice from bouncing off the back wall. And I saw him and he saw me and he had this big smile on his face and I, I kind of got wide eyes and I waved him off. You know, it was like the, the flags out there on the, on the field at the airfield. I waved him off and then he got this worried look on his face and then he, he stole out and he closed the door and n- nobody knew. I don't think I even told you, Tricia. Nobody knew that this was going on. Well, after the program is over uh, and we get done doing all the stuff that we're doing, I, I went out and I found him and I said, Brandon, why did you come into the studio? There must have been something. And, he, and the kids have been playing games. You know how you do that near Christmas time. You get out all the old games and they're playing Sorry and uh, I can't remember the, 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 uh, the Scrabble. The Scrabble. They're playing Scrabble. And he came in to tell me that he wrote the word czar and he got like 50 points for it. <laughs> C-Z-A-R, even spelled it correctly. I wrote czar, Dad. And you know how much the C's count. And Z's are, you know, that's a big number there. So he was all excited. He came in to tell me that. He just forgot I was just doing this radio show thing. (laughs) So it happens. Real life happens in the middle of uh, Christmas at the Cactus Compound. Christmas Eve. I have a lot of memories about Christmas Eve. You probably do, too. Especially if you're dating or you're just married at Christmas. There are a lot of memories that I have of loneliness at this time of year, just sitting in front of a Christmas tree alone. There's this empty feeling. There's this longing for more. There's this sense of, this this feels good, but there's got to be more. And there is. And I think we talked last week about the uh, Christmas, the hymn, the carol, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. And I, I just want to read this because it, it is germane to us today. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. By thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. I love the tune that goes with that too. Um, But the words there are so special because there was this longing on the part of Israel, the Jewish people, for their Messiah. And there was this long silence, like they were sitting in front of the tree, you know. There was just this long silence of God. And finally, here he comes in the most out-of-the-way place, in the most innocent of ways, as a little baby, and they missed it. (laughs) They just, not everybody, but many of them missed it. And many of us still miss it. I think the only thing worse than the empty feeling you get at Christmas or the empty feeling that you have in your whole life is to finally have the opportunity to have it filled with what is, it is meant to be filled with and miss it. It's like that story about the people who went on the cruise. You know, the all-included cruise and you pay your money and you can go to the buffet. Well, they didn't know. And they bought sack lunches and they were eating crackers toward the end. They had this huge buffet table that they could go to at any time of the day or night. And they were eating crumbs. And that's what we do 
with our lives. We kind of eat these crumbs. And it's why Christianity is not just another club. It's not this self-help program to make you a better somebody or a more productive member of society or uh, to make you healthier or happier or more joyful, although all of those things can happen when you uh, come to Christ. I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey. I don't know what kind of disappointments you've had, where you've been, and where you wind up today listening to this program. This may be a mistake on your part to tune into this. You have probably, if you're like me, tried to fill up the empty space in your life with stuff, and that could be anything. Fill in the blank. Sometimes we can use the drugs and the alcohol and the sex and the money or or other people. Sometimes it's good things like our kids or even church. We think going to church is going to make us better. And we we sit here today and we say, there's got to be more. You know, the, 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 your husband, your wife, your pastor, your Sunday school teacher, none of them can fill up that empty vacuum that you have. They, not even the Yahoo on the radio, okay? Like Jackson Brown said, that eminent theologian, in the end, there is one dance you'll do alone. There is that empty hole that was made to be filled by God himself. And that's what we celebrate, that he invaded our world as a little baby, lived a sinless, spotless life so that you and I could be forgiven by a holy God and have a relationship with Him. When we come back, we're going to hear from some listeners recount their tough Christmases past. Please stay with us. Thanks for joining us today at the Radio Backyard Fence. Merry Christmas. This program is recorded. We're re-airing it. It originally aired in 2009, long time ago. And we started this segment of the best Christmas ever with Dolores in Florida. Dolores, how in the world are you? I'm just fine. Thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate your show. I enjoy listening to it. Well, thank you. That's a Christmas present to me right there. What, what would you like to remember here with us today? Well, uh, listening to your show brings back a memory uh, 23 years ago. My daughter was just a few months old and uh, no money, single mom. Uh, went to live with a parent and two younger sisters, and we didn't have any money, you know, and had enough basically to get a present or buy a tree. So uh, we decided to buy a tree. And, uh, you know, not much as far as food goes, but, you know, the, the Lord obviously gave us enough to survive so we decided to take a take a little drive and go on a little nature walk we lived up in the high desert in california at the time and uh we did a nature walk with out and it's called the joshua tree national monument and that was our christmas present to ourselves that we had did and it was Oh, I don't know. A Christmas that you just don't forget. You just don't forget. Yeah. And it's something that God gave us. 23 years ago. Now, how old? Your your daughter was how old then? Two months old. Two oh. months old. So Two she's old. 23 now? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't and so it was just, it was one of those things that, you know, we we didn't have anything to give each other. But the Lord gave us beautiful 
rocks and formations and just a beautiful Christmas day, which was warm enough to walk around in a sweater. And, you know, we had each other. And it was just, you, you know, when you get... Sorry. It's all right. But uh, I get a little emotional, but it's... um. You don't forget those memories. Yeah. See, and that's what uh, last week we did the program with Lenora from Arkansas and talking about having her dad, you know, pull her along on the on on his uh, cotton sack, you know, as he's going down because she was so tired. I find, and when my parents talk about this stuff, I find that that's where the heart of the real heart is. And you can, and it sounds like, you know, you're just telling the story. You're right back there 23 years ago, single. You don't have any money. You got to choose between a tree and buying a present. And um, that nature walk, maybe that's something that uh, we, uh, probably with all the food that we eat these days on Christmas, it'd be great for us to take a walk, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And you know what? It was, it was great. It was great because, you know, you, you don't think about, you know, oh, you know, what we're missing. You know, you didn't, we didn't once think about what we were missing because we were just, we just had a blast being together and, you know. Because the truth was you weren't missing anything. There's nothing that this world can afford you, can give you that you're going to miss ultimately. And isn't that the truth? Great story, Dolores. Thanks for calling today. Let's go over to Indianapolis and talk with Rebecca. Rebecca, thanks a lot for calling today. Thanks, Chris. Your show is such a blessing. I love it every day. Thank you. Um, I was calling to share a story that happened years ago when I was in the sixth grade, and I've hit 40, so that means that's a long time ago. (laughs) And um, that was when in school they had things like Secret Santa, where you drew somebody's name and you got to bring them a Christmas gift. And at our school, you drew a name, and you had a week to buy a present. It couldn't be more than, I don't know, maybe $5 or something like that. And you put it on their desk during the lunch period. And there was a little girl in our class who got the free lunches and, you know, wore clothes that obviously came from the thrift store and was obviously pretty poor. And um, you never knew who had your name. And there were kids in the school who, of course, said, you know, or in the class who said, I hope she doesn't draw my name. And when we came back from lunch that day, uh, there was a present on everybody's desk. And I went to my present. It was a little stocking. And when I reached in it, there was an orange and a small handful of nuts like you get out of the pick-a-mix. And there was a handful of candy, just regular hard candy with some peppermints and cinnamon and butterscotch. And then there was a little yarn doll that had been made from brown yarn and tied at the waist, tied on the arms, tied on the legs, and made into a little ornament. There was a little note in there that said, Merry Christmas from your friend Rashida. And, of course, she was the little girl who didn't have any money. And, obviously, everything was handmade. She'd obviously gone through her house and just gotten what there was because she had lots of brothers and sisters, and they just didn't have any money. And there were kids next to me who said things like, oh, man, we know who that came from. Man, she didn't even spend any money. And all I could think was, and I wasn't even a Christian at the time. I didn't grow up in a church household. I remember thinking as a sixth grader, that's so mean. You know, she did everything she could. And 
I like the yarn doll. I'd never seen anything like it. It was so cute. And I went up to her desk and said, you know, Rashida, this is so nice. You know, my daddy loves nuts. Quite frankly, I despise nuts. But I thought <laughs> I can take those home to my dad and he's going to love it because he never gets them because no one else will eat them. And he loved the candy. And I said, you know, I can share this with my mom and dad. It's great. Thank you so much. And, I mean, I'm 40 years old now, and I remember that every minute of it. And just the look on her face that, that it was okay, that that was all she had, that she gave what she had. Yeah. And I just think how many things we, you know, we're so worried. One of our sons wants a really expensive toy this year. And, I think, you know, of all things, you know, that's sometimes you just don't realize what you have. And I know I didn't realize what I had. Rebecca, I can't tell you that. I mean, I think, and and people who are listening to that story, because we've been there. You know, if you weren't the poor child, you remember the poor child in class or several of them and how difficult it was when you came to performance and you had to have a white shirt and and they didn't have it, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, you got to have black shoes or you got to have this thing sewn and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff that, that you go through when you don't have very much. Do you have any idea where Rashida is today? No, I wish I did. It's such an unusual name, and um, I don't know she moved, but gosh, you know, if she was listening to this program, I just would love for her to know that I remember her. Yeah. You know, really, it, I've told that story to our own children, told it to so many people, because it touched me so much. And you know, like I said, that was in the sixth grade, and I have a fifth grade and a fourth grade boy now, and I tell them, you know, things that happen now, you will remember. Yes. You'll remember them for the rest of your life. It's so important. And, you know, it's, I, I would just love it if she knew how much, how much it meant to me. I mean, at the time, well, I know that she knew, but gosh. Yeah. Well, Rashida, if you're listening, or if you were a Rashida, you know, if you did your best and then you're made fun of that, Oh, God bless you. And uh, let, us, let us know you're out there. Let us know you're, uh, you're listening to the program. We'd love to talk with you. Rebecca, thanks a lot for that story. Let's go to Lori in Munster, Indiana. Lori, you're on Chris Fabry Live on our special Christmas edition. Aren't you privileged? Ooh, thanks so much, Chris. You know, um, I grew up having you in my home because my mother was a WMBI listener. Ah. And to me, you'll always be that young whippersnapper who replaced Bob Murphy in the morning. Yeah, I was. I was a young whippersnapper, a, a guilty as charged. Yes. Uh, but the story I have for Christmas is uh, my husband has been such a hard worker his whole life, but we did find one time where he had lost his job, and it was getting near Christmas time, and we were down to the bottom of our finances. I mean, I remember uh, we had a small baby a few months old and a three-year-old daughter, and I remember thinking, oh, we have no money. I don't know whether we can buy toilet paper or toothpaste. And I thought, what a choice to have to make. Um, but just that Christmas, um, I went outside to collect the you know Christmas cards that we had been getting from friends and relatives, and I saw between the front door and the storm door a little box like the, a watch would come in or something, and I opened it up, and there was a $100 bill in there, and I was like, oh my goodness, someone left us $100, and 
I opened the box because you could see through the little clear that it was a $100 bill. I opened the box, and there were 20 $100 bills in between our door and with no card or note or anything. But I just know that it came from someone in our church family. And it was such a blessing. I remember just sweeping up my little girl in our arms and just jumping up and down and singing, God is good all the time. And (laughs) I'll never forget that Christmas. Isn't that something? And somebody who knew, who took the time, and who, and you never have known who that was the, no, all these years. I, was, I just, I think, it, in my heart, I feel like it was just someone from our church family because my yeah. husband and I have just been in the same church for many years and just served into it. I just feel like someone thought they knew our circumstances and just thought that they we needed some extra help for Christmas, and I'll never forget it. Isn't that something? Oh, Lori, that's going to encourage somebody to go out and do the same thing, I think, uh, to bless somebody else. You know, we we have had a little bit of a hard time with, with our family, and there have been people who've stepped up and and given of themselves, of their time and food and that kind of stuff, and even people who have, who have written, you know, family members and others. And I remember one person saying to us— um, from the South, he said, you know, you're supposed to, if, if somebody, if you have something and somebody else doesn't have it and they need it and you're believers, then you ought to share with them. That's what he said to me. Yes. And I'll, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget, uh, never forget this Christmas either. And I don't think our kids are going to. Lori, thanks a lot. Let's go to, uh, hey, we got a lot of Indiana calls today. Leah is in Matthews, Indiana. Hi, Leah. Hello. Thank thanks you a lot for, for calling. What's yeah, what's your story? Well, about 22 years ago, I was a young mother uh, without a lot of money, and I had a five-month-old daughter, and I wanted to get her a Christmas dress, and I couldn't really afford one. But I had a sewing machine that my mother had, had given me, and I bought a remnant of Christmas fabric and had some little lace odds and ends that Mom had also given me, and um, I think I maybe spent a dollar fifty on the fabric, and another dollar for some red and green thread, and maybe fifty cents for a little quarter-inch wide green ribbon, and I used the pattern she had given me also, and made this little dress, and I'd almost gotten to the end of it, and I'd never made a garment before in my life, but. I was. I worked on this dress for a, a month or so, and I was just to the end, and I realized I needed elastic for the sleeves, and I didn't have any, and I didn't have any extra money or a car to go get any, or I just didn't know what I was going to do. And, and uh, then I got this little inspiration, and I cut the waistband out of an old pair of pantyhose, and I used <laughs> that to... Um, gather the sleeves. So they were little puffy sleeves and they needed elastic at the bottom so they would look right. And um, I stitched those in there and I still have the dress and I usually dress a little doll in it at Christmas time because my little girls, both of them wore it. They're all grown up now. And um, I turned the sleeve back very carefully because that stuff doesn't last like elastic does. (laughs) And I show them and I tell them what I did and I said, you know, God will take care of you, maybe not exactly the way you want it to be, but he always will take care of you and give you everything you need, maybe not exactly what you want or expect, but you will have everything you need for your whole life. And um, 
when I look back on that, that I don't, I think my daughters now especially realize how much love I put into that. Yeah. Um, and I try to tell them that those are the things that I want. And I have um, six grandchildren now. Um, they're, um, I have three stepchildren, and they all have children. And I tell the older ones, when they say, Nana, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, I want you to make me something. You know, if you draw me a picture or just give me, just, just make a little something for me, something from your heart, that is all you need to give me because... Yeah, something from you. Jesus is do, the one. Do you have a picture of that? I would love to let our listeners, if you have one, to see um, a picture. I, I have a picture, um, yes, with my youngest daughter wearing it. Um, oh, yes. I want to put that on my... the older one, who it was for whom it was made. <laughs> yeah. Um, send that. I want you to send that to us. Email that to us. And I want to put it on the blog because I, as you've described it here, I've, I have this picture that it's navy blue and that it has these little, you know, the puff sleeves and stuff. Am, uh-huh. I, am I getting it? Yep. Oh, yes. It's a, it's I, a puff sleeve dress. Um, <laughs> Christmas. Sorry, I had a phone call there. It's a little um, red Christmassy pattern and um, with little puffy sleeves. Oh, I love it when a listener will talk about something and I imagine it in my head. Like Leah just talked about her dress there, and I and I give a guess that's close to what is in her heart, what she's describing. And we're going to continue with the conversation we had back in 2009. We're in the Wayback Machine, all the way back to 2009 for this conversation at the Radio Backyard Fence. Hope this is warming your heart. Hope you're encouraged by these stories. You can find out more about us online, chrisfabrylive.org. This is Chris Fabry Live on Moody Radio. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope the stories are encouraging you. This is a broadcast from 2009, so it's recorded. Don't call us today. But would you do me a favor and go to chrisfabrylive.org and click the green CareNet button? I've been telling you about them for the last few months. Imagine you are this close to Christmas and you get the news that you are pregnant and you're wondering what to do and the fellow in your life is not there, or the fellow in your life is pressuring you to have an abortion, what do you do? A lot of women go ahead and terminate their pregnancy because they don't have support. And that's where CareNet comes in. That's where they get involved because they have a a 1,200 network of crisis pregnancy centers around the country staffed by people who come alongside those who are in a really difficult situation. Somebody you know needs the ministry of CareNet in their life today. If you've never heard of it, go to the website, click CareNet at chrisfabrylive.org and find out about their Making Life Disciples program where they get churches involved in what they're doing so that the women and the men plug into that and don't just save the life of the baby, they come into contact with the news that Jesus loves them 
that he wants to liberate them through his forgiveness and mercy and grace. Click CareNet when you go to chrisfabrylive.org. Let's get back to the stories and go to Alice in Aurora, Illinois. I've got a kind of sad, kind of funny. It's funny now, but back then it was really sad. Um, we were migrant workers. We, we moved here from to Aurora, Illinois, from uh, Texas. And um, my parents had a very large family. Um, we were eight girls and two boys. And we lived in a little... Um, in a little farm, a missionary that came one Christmas, and uh, he left a big box of shoes. And we'll, we'll, being so many girls, it was eight girls, that's, a, you know, very hard for my parents to fit us all with shoes. And uh, my, my dad made about a dollar and a quarter an hour or something like that. When this man brought, uh, this missionary brought all these shoes, we were just elated. I mean, we just, oh, we just couldn't believe it. So, um... When Christmas vacation was over, I went to school with my beautiful red shoes, you know, with laces on them, and my mom had made me a little um, plaid dress, and I was just so happy. And the children started laughing at me, and I I couldn't for the life of me uh, understand why they were laughing. They would point to my shoes and laugh. And... Um, at the end of the day, one of my uh, very good friends, she still remains a friend to this day, told me, she says, <clears throat> the reason they've been laughing at you is because you have bowling shoes on. <laughs> well, I didn't know what bowling was. Yeah. We, we were, not, I mean, we were, it, I'm only 59 years old, so this wasn't that long ago, but I didn't know what bowling was because we were so poor and we were kept, you know, um, away from town that I, and we didn't have a television, obviously, so I didn't know what bowling was. Isn't that so? And with the, with the real slick bottom on them, and they're oh, probably real yeah. colorful on the top, so you just no. loved them. They were yeah. They were red, and they, were, they had a little bit of green on the side, so I remember <laughs> that my, it fit my, my dress perfect because my, my, um, my dress was a plaid with green in it. And I was just so happy with my shoes, but I was wearing bowling shoes. And um, <laughs> obviously I never wore them again, but let me tell you, to this day, I'm a pastor's wife and I own a closet full of shoes. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I I never had enough shoes to wear. I don't know, but I have many shoes now. Isn't that it, was, something? It, it was something. It was those days where um, we were taught that uh, the material things were not important. Obviously, we didn't have a lot. But uh, my mother would hand my dolls down to my little sisters. She'd wash them up, and she'd put new clothes on them, and they wouldn't even know that they were my dolls because I took care of my dolls. Uh, you know, we were just happy back then. And nowadays I sit here and I watch my 11 grandchildren as they have iPods and all these things that I'm not familiar with. And I just think it's so sad because they don't realize the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and having a little, having just a little told you more than having so much, because it's true. And I've seen it. And I'll tell a story tomorrow about, you know, my own uh, childhood and, and uh, you know, the present that I just had to have. Uh There is a certain sense of um, an overwhelming sense that to our own shame that we have so much. And not that having things, you know, having a car and all these things that some other people have is a bad thing. 
But we, when you don't, when you're not thankful for it, when you don't have gratefulness to God in your heart for the small things, it doesn't matter how big it gets. You're not going to be thankful for that either. Right. And I think that's part of what you're saying. Alice, almost, thanks a lot I for calling. Feel, I almost feel like there's a little bit of, of greed that we're showing the children. Yeah. You know, they, they're not happy with what you give them because so-and-so got something else and it was better than theirs. And it's, it's just, it's, it's sad, but we try to make it a happy time around this household. And um, this year they're going to be to- uh, taught a very big lesson because grandma is not going to give them what they think they're going to get. <laughs> grandma, grandma's going back to the old ways this year. <laughs> Good for you. Good for Grandma. Hey, Alice, thanks a lot. Let's. I'm just going to move down the road from a little bit from Aurora to Rockford, Illinois. Rita's on the line. Hi, Rita. Thanks a lot for calling today. Well, thank you for taking my call. Um, this has been a delightful program, uh, and I appreciate uh, giving me time to share mine. Um, I'm like Alice. I uh, grew up in the 50s, and um, we didn't have much. I can beat her. I had uh, uh, seven sisters and four brothers. Really? You had a family of 12 then? Yes. yes. Wow. <laughs> we lived on a farm, and so we I never knew that we were poor because we had lots to eat, and um, uh, we just didn't, uh, I just didn't know that I was poor, but didn't have a whole lot. And I remember one Christmas that um, stands out in my mind above all else. Uh, when my sisters, I was the ninth one, so my I had older sisters. And one of them even uh, quit high school so she could have a job and be able to buy clothes and that kind of thing. So, uh, But what she did, she and my uh, second oldest sister bought us Christmas presents when my parents couldn't afford to, to get them when we were so many. And if they bought for one, they uh, it wouldn't be fair. So they just, uh, my mother was the type of lady that uh, she would pay her bills first. And then if she had something left over, she would be able to share it with others. But she did, her big sharing was she could make a wonderful meal. And that's, uh, I can remember all our Christmases that we always had a a delightful meal and and, um, she would make pies and and everything just tasted luscious and, and the whole family would be there and it was just a fun time. It was a special, even though we ate together all the other days of the week. That was a special holiday time. And uh, the year that I'm going to tell you about is uh, we would, they would, after our dinner, they would make us wash all the dishes, which was a lot, so uh, before we could open the presents. And um, then we went in and we opened uh, the presents one by one so that we would all get to share the joy of what one person was getting. And uh, this particular year, um, we went around and got to the end of the presents. There was none under the tree, and I hadn't gotten one yet. And uh, even though we were a good family, sibling rivalry got in the way, and they were all saying, oh, Rita, you just must have been bad and all this kind of stuff. But after that got a little out of hand, my one sister went into the other room and brought out a doll buggy for me. It was so big that they couldn't wrap it. and. Um, I just remember that, uh, not only because of the, the little joking that went with it, but that what my sisters did to sacrifice yes. for us so that we could have a Christmas. Mm. And um, I just wonder sometimes if when people are put on lists of, um, you know, to get things for the needy, if 
if we're robbing them of a chance of being able to be inventive in ways of maybe making a present for their children or uh, something like that. Because as I hear these stories, we're all better off today because of what happened to us when we were young. And, right. um, and we, we survived and we're very happy and, and, and we're not sorrowful that we didn't get a million gifts uh, when we were, were little. And the, the, the other aspect of that is to when you expect it to be to happen, you know, let's say you're not in a position to have this and you expect it, you know, you, you <laughs> and I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, th- there are people who don't have who do exactly what you said. They're resourceful. They they go out and they, you know, work as many jobs as they can and they provide for their family and then try to add something, you know, a little something to make this uh, time of year special for the kids. And if they can't, then it is um, someone who comes along beside them and helps. But usually that is um, supplemented with different types of food or in a, like one of our callers has said, you know, let's go take a walk. We're going to go out and, and look at these great things. And the longer I'm a father, the more I realize that what my kids want from me is not more stuff and it's not more money. It's more of me. And that's what they really, that's what they want. Uh, as we've been recording this program, my, my son was in, a, in the doctor's office uh, a couple states away texting me through his mom's phone. Why haven't you written me? Why haven't you texted me back yet? <laughs> and I, I, I'm not uh, supple enough. My thumb is not supple enough to um, surreptitiously do that and say back to him, hey, I'm on the radio right now. That's what he wants. He wants me. He don't want stuff. Although he wants the stuff too. I mean, he's a, he's a human being. We all want stuff. Rita, thank you. I want to take uh, Lori's call real quickly here. Hi, Lori from Chattanooga. I'm glad you called today. Hi. Merry Christmas. Thank you. I guess you'd like me to share my story. I would love it. (laughs) All right. Well, for many years, I was a professional musician. I traveled a lot. I was a single mom during that time. And we had some really, really good times where we had plenty. And then we had times where we didn't have a whole lot. Um. Well, since we traveled so much, we were oftentimes not near the rest of, you know, extended family. It was basically my two daughters and myself. Hmm. And um, so we were in the Chattanooga area at that time. This was some years back. The girls had grown. One was gone off to college. The other had moved away from home and had her own place. And that particular year was kind of a slim year, and I didn't really have anything to spend on gifts. But... Um, we had always had a tradition of opening gifts on Christmas Eve. In addition to that, because it was just the two girls and myself, we basically had an open house. Their friends could come over. We would invite anyone who didn't have any place to go, uh, anyone to be with, to come to our house. And we'd put out a spread, and folks would come all during the night. It was almost like holding a vigil. And we, uh, we would open gifts many times with strangers in the house, and we'd have gifts for them, too. But this particular year when we didn't have very much, or I should say I didn't have very much, and I wanted to give the girls a special gift, and after laboring over it, I thought, gee, I've got boxes of pictures. Um, I think I'll just start pulling out pictures and come up with some Christmas albums for them. 
So I went to the boxes and chose photos of both of my daughters from the time they were infants up until that present day when they were, um, you know, early 20s. And uh, I got a couple of inexpensive photo albums from the uh, from Walmart, if you will, and, <laughs> and I arranged those photos in there chronologically and uh, and put little stickers and ribbons and autumn leaves that had fallen, and I pressed them and just made them very, very warm and friendly and full of memories. And I actually apologized to the girls when I gave them those gifts because that's all I had to give them. And I said, sorry, it's a slim year, but I hope that you'll enjoy these. And they were thrilled. They were thrilled. They had friends at the house, and they spent hours going through their albums and sharing, oh, look at that hair, and do you remember when we did this, and looking at their friends and saying, Jessica, i got to tell you the story about these pictures. And they were just thrilled over those, um, those albums and told me they were the best gifts they'd ever gotten. And that causes me to think the best gifts are the things that come from your heart that are uniquely from you, that show the love that you have for somebody else. Uh, That's a good reminder for us. This year, the program you're listening to is from 2009, but it comes back to us today, speaking right into my heart and yours. And there's more ahead. This is Chris Fabry Live on Moody Radio Online, chrisfabrylive.org. Our remaining moments here on Chris Fabry Live as we hit the rewind button and go back to 2009 and hear from the hearts of some of the people who were calling in. And I wonder, you know, here 14 years later, I wonder where all of these callers are, what's going on in their lives. Our final call is from Becky in Glenview, Illinois. This one will wrap up our conversation today. Here's Becky. Okay. Um, this is a story to hope encourage someone to just continue to trust God, no matter how bleak it looks. Because it was 1984. I had three little girls. I still have them, but they're grown up now. But uh, my husband didn't have a job, and I couldn't work at the time. And Christmas just wasn't looking good. And it wasn't looking good for a lot of people in our neighborhood. And we all shared with one another, I have cheese, you have butter, you have bread. We all shared with each other. And it was just going to be a time when my husband didn't go for charity either. So, But I had put our name secretly in the Toys for Tots box, and we were selected. So I talked him into going out to Miramar. We lived in California then and up to the place where they were giving out these toys. And it was began to be dark, and the roads up by the airbase were very... Um, unmarked, and we got lost, and then we got lost, and then we got lost, and there were no places to stop and ask, and he wanted to go home, and I just kept praying, Lord, we need this. You know, this is the only thing it's going to be, and just guide us and bring us through. So he did, and uh, we finally found a place, and they were just getting ready to close it, and we we managed to get in there, and there were a bunch of Marines in there, as you can understand. And mm-hmm. we had all the – there were just stacks and stacks and stacks of presents that these people had collected, boxes of this and boxes of that. And I, in my prayer, I had said, Lord, you know, if, if there's a way we can share with someone else, you know, bring it about. But we were just grateful if we could get something for our children. So the man was like I, – I told him how lost we got gotten, how cold we were, how – 
bickering the children had been and everything else. But we, he said, you know, I'm going to tell you what. He said, this is the, you're the last one on the list for tonight. You went through so much. You pick out whatever your car can hold. <laughs> we, I, I mean, my husband was like, he walked out the door because he was a little embarrassed, you know, that he had to ask for this anyway. And, you know, I was just, I was cheering. My children were young. They didn't quite get the drift of it yet. But anyway, uh, we just started putting stuff in that car and it seemed almost like a Christmas miracle. And I, as we were doing it, I was thinking of all the children. We could give this to this one. We could give this to that one. And we did. We piled our car so full we could barely see out the windows and have room for the children, and we brought these <laughs> things home. We wrapped them up, and our kids and I brought them all around Christmas Day. We took them all around to all those, like I think it was five families. Mm. So it was such a wonderful feeling, and it just turned out that, you know, these people were so happy to give that to us and to see our faces so blessed, and and um, it was amazing. It was such a wonderful blessing of just keeping a trust in God. He, he guided us to this place. If you could have seen it, you would have seen what we were up against trying to find it. But oh, we yeah. did. We did, and that's you, how it came out. So, What, what kind of car did you have? Um, I think we had a, a short station wagon at the time, so we were okay. really able to fill up the windows. Up the window. I, I bet your husband would be able to tell me exactly how many cylinders that thing had, and you know, because that's the way us guys are. Well, we had a 1980. You know, uh, I I just love that story because it it illustrates something that I wanted to say in this program, and I didn't even know I wanted to say it, Becky. <laughs> well, and that is we the reason we have been gifted is so that we can give. Well, the reason that God, and, and a lot of people will say about America that, you know, we have so much and, and feel guilty about it. And I, I want to tell people, don't feel guilty about the abundance that we have in this country and the abundance that you have. You've been given a gift. Give that away. Give that to others and see what joy it brings. I can just think of those Marines and the thought, and, you know, as, as that station wagon rolled away, you can bet that the, those guys were laughing and, you know, patting each other on the back and saying, you know, hey, we, you know, mission accomplished. So if you feel like you uh, have been gifted this year in some way, use that. You maybe have already planned it out, or maybe you're listening to this and you say, hey, we could do something for somebody even now, even at this late time, and let them have a special time with their kids, special Christmas Eve, special Christmas I think that'd be a great thing. And show the love of God just by something simple. Well, thank you for listening to our broadcast today. May you have a great day tomorrow. May you have joy and happiness and a whole lot of fun. And may you remember the thing that truly makes Christmas special, the gift that God gave us in His Son, Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas from all of us here at Chris Fabry Live, which is a production of Moody Radio in Chicago. Moody Radio.